1: Please stand for our call to worship. And hear these words drawn from the psalmist. As the deer pants for the water, so do our hearts long after you, O Lord. You alone are our soul's desire, and we long to worship you. Let us worship God. Be seated. We are assured in the letter to the Hebrews that since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, then let us draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us ask God to forgive us. Let us pray. Eternal God, you make all things new and forgive old wrongs we cannot forget. We confess we have spent time without loving and years without purpose and the calendar condemns us. Daily we have done wrong and failed to do what you demand. Forgive the past. Do not let evil cripple or shame us. Lead us into the future free from sin free to love, and ready to live and work for your Son, our Savior. in his letter to the colossians that god the father has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins friends hear and believe the good news of the gospel in jesus, jesus christ we are forgiven in
2: Good morning. Are any of you going to watch the Super Bowl tonight? All right. Who do you want to win? The Ravens? The 49ers? All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Today at First Presbyterian Church, we are doing the Super Bowl of sharing. We will collect money at the doors at the end of the service to help feed the hungry. How many of you have ever seen a person begging for food? What did you think about it? Did you ever stop to think that that beggar and this one were once some mother's beloved little baby? We are all children of God. Jesus asked Peter if he loved him, and Peter said, Lord, you know I do. Do you know what Jesus replied to Peter? He said, Feed my lambs. Then Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. And a third time he spoke to Peter and said, Feed my sheep. Who are Jesus' sheep? We are. We are, all people are. Jesus wants us to be his hands and feet. We need to take care of his sheep. When we see someone who doesn't look like us, who may be dirty or frightening to our eyes, we need to remember that God sees us all the same. Remember the song, Jesus Loves Me? All are precious in his sight. All right, praying in three, two, one. Loving God, help us to remember those who don't have enough to eat or a warm place to sleep. Keep our hearts soft to all your people. Remind us to be Christ's hands and feet. We love you and thank you for for our many blessings, None none of which we deserve, but are freely given through your bountiful grace. Amen.
1: Let us pray. Almighty and all-knowing God, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as your word is read and proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Invite those who are able to please stand out of respect to God's word. And our first lesson comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Verses 19 and 20, listen now to the word of God. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Please be seated.
0: Once again, those who are able are invited to stand for our second lesson. We find it deep into the New Testament, past the Gospels, past Acts. We come to Romans in the 12th chapter, and we will hear read the first two verses of Paul's letter to the church in Rome. Listen to the word of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Today is Super Sunday, S-U-P-E-R, as in Super Bowl Sunday, and today is Super Sunday, S-O-U-P-E-R, as you just heard from the children's sermon. This is a heads up. There are going to be two offerings taken up today. One, in a normal fashion, the ushers will pass the plates. And then our youth are going to be stationed at the doors with soup pots for you to put an offering into the soup pot that will go directly to our sack lunch ministry that is a a feeding ministry right here at First Presbyterian Church. So hold back a little for the Super Bowl offering. So it is Super Bowl Sunday, we'll start out with uh, finding out uh, who you think is going to win. May I see a show of hands? How many think the 49ers are going to win? Okay, and how many of you think the Ravens are going to win? Okay, it's about 50-50. How many of you think the Falcons are going to win? (laughs) How many of you think that if the University of Alabama were to play the Ravens or the 49ers, they would win? So in other words, it doesn't matter who cares. And some of you, well, let me see a show of hands. How many of you just don't care who wins? All right, let me ask this. How many of you, even though you don't care, are going to watch some or part of the game so you can see the commercials? 100%. Well, you're joining 111 million people from around the world who are going to tune into that game today. Here are some statistics related to the Super Bowl. Did you know that 1.23 billion chicken wings are going to be consumed today? I mean, these are legit stats that I found. That's 100 million pounds of chicken wings. Did you know that Domino's Pizza? They anticipate that they're going to deliver 11 million slices of pizza today. And that's not counting Papa John's, Little Caesar, Marco's, and whoever else you want to. Did you notice how quickly I ran off all those other pizza chains? That's my wife laughing. <laughs> 11.2 million pounds of potato chips. That's 27 billion calories. 1.8 billion grams of fat that will be consumed. How you feeling? Well, let's get a little healthier. How about avocados? Did you know that 8 million pounds of avocados are going to be mashed up to make guacamole to be eaten today? In 2009, in that Super Bowl, they, 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 uh, they reported that 55,000 hot dogs were consumed at that game. And, you know, the interesting thing is that only 10,000 people said they ate a hot dog So that means that 5.5 hot dogs were consumed by those 10,000 people, and I just made that up. The average fan is going to consume 1,200 calories in snacks today. That's not counting the meal, the real food that you're going to eat. That's 50 grams of fat, folks. And so go right now and invest in Rolades, Tums, Prilosec, Because they report that on Monday, sales of antacids go up 20%. And did you know, bless you, and did you know that today is the second highest day of food consumption in our country? But there are some other sobering facts here. One-third of adults in the United States are considered to be, in some capacity, obese. 17% of our children, 12.5 million children and adolescents are obese in our country, and that figure has tripled since 1980. Just last month, CBS and the Associated Press reported that uh, a survey among the 17 wealthiest nations on the planet of those 17 nations like Canada, Japan, Western Europe, and the United States, where do you think we rank in life expectancy in the United States out of those 17 wealthiest nations on the globe? You're right. Dead last. 17th. They say it's due to disease and violence. That we aren't living out the full length of our days in this country. And in addition to gun violence, which the survey has shown contributes to the abrupt end of some lives, that we consume the most calories of any one of those other 16 nations that we see among our population more accidents that take lives due to alcohol consumption than those other 16 wealthiest nations. And they pointed also to obesity, which I have referenced, to heart disease, to chronic lung disease. Sad and sobering figures for us on this day when we will Consume. But also a sobering day for us as we, on this Sunday, kick off a week focusing on our global mission, our call to be the church in the world. And our theme for our week of, of, of concentration on, on, on mission, and, and it can be local and global, by the way, our theme is fit for mission, tending the body, the mind, the spirit. So how fit are we as individuals and as a church to accomplish the mission that the spirit of God is calling us to be about in the world? That's what I want us to think about for the next few minutes. And as we dive into this subject, will you pray with me, please? Loving God, thank you for the day. Thank you for the call of your spirit to be in this place. And that by the power of your spirit, you have drawn us here into your house with your people, to worship and praise your holy name. And now we wait expectantly for you to speak to us because we need your word, which is life. And so give us that word today. And I pray, loving God, that those among us who are comfortable will be afflicted and those of us who are afflicted will be comforted by the word you speak to us today that we might be your faithful, grateful people in the world. For the glory of your Son, Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen. I was coming down the stairs right back here, and the choir is collecting in the stairwells to come into the loft, and one of our members said, I'm rather intrigued by your sermon title. He happens to be more than 90 years old, so I think that maybe the sermon title, Your Beautiful Body, would be of some interest to this gentleman. But that's what I want us to talk about this morning, to think about bodies, our bodies. And I'm going to give you right now, before you start thinking about all of that food that I was talking about earlier, I'm going to give you the sermon in nine words Okay, you might want to take out some and write this down. This is the sermon in nine words. Three phrases, two words, three words and four words. 2 plus 3 plus 4 equals 9, nine words. Okay? Here it is. My body for the body because of his body. That's a sermon right there. My body for the body because of his body. And I want to look at each one of those little phrases there. First, my body. You know, you're created in the image of God. Male and female, God created us, and when God looked upon God's crowning achievement of His created order, a little bit lower than the angels, we are told we were created and in God's image. And God looked at us, male and female, and what did God say about us? Wow, beautiful. It's good, but it's not only good because God spoke. His goodness and His pleasure over all of creation. But God, when God saw what God had created in male and female, God said, it is very good. You have a beautiful body. Frederick Buechner said it this way. Frederick Buechner has said, uh, well, he's probably quoting someone else, but but it's on the front of your bulletin, and, and Buechner says, you do not have a body. You are a body. Now, if you think about the nuance of of those two statements, you do not have a body, but you are a body, will change the way that we think about our physical beings. Because, see, Christianity has been corrupted by Greek thought and philosophy. Because in, in, in the Greek culture and Greek philosophy, the body was that thing to be despised because it was the flesh, it was the shell of the body that held back from true immortality the spirit that it housed. So the body was to be punished. Flesh was bad. Spirit is good. Body is bad. Soul is good. And it separated those two, one from the other. But in our Judeo, in our Christian thought, God did not just give give us a body as a house for a spirit. God, God made us a body. And our spirit is intertwined in that physical creation. You can't separate one from the other. You do not have a body. You are a body. So, a woman who was having difficulty dealing with her body. There was some sickness. There was some aging that was going on, and she was having trouble just dealing with who she was and maybe who God had created her to be, and she asked her friend, how do you feel about your body? And the gentleman replied, it's the only one I've got. This is the only body that we are going to have. And what we do with our bodies matters. How we treat our bodies, what we feed our bodies, what we do with our bodies, with our hands, with our eyes, with our ears, where our feet take us, is important. It's important. I'm really preaching to the choir right now. And what I want to say to us is hearkening to what we heard in Paul's letter to the Romans. He said, present your bodies. To present your body to God as a living sacrifice, you have to be what? Present. And so here we are, we're present. Present. That's 80% of what it's all about, you've been told. Show up, you're 80% of the way there. Thank you for bringing your bodies to church today. Because where, you're, where you place your body says something about your priorities. Where you find yourself in any given time, based on the, the multitude of choices that you are given in your life, of where you can go and what you can do and where you can be, where you place yourself, says something about what you value. And if you've ever had somebody bring their physical presence to you in a time of need, you know what it means for them to be there. Yes, cards are important. Oh, it's so great to get a handwritten note. It's so wonderful to get a phone call. But you know, there's nothing like a visit. When I was a young man, after I would finished college, I went and I taught high school in Kenya, Africa for a year. And on my way home, following that year of teaching, I came down with hepatitis. And I was so sick in my body. By the time I got to Athens, Greece, which was one of my stops before I was to come back home to the United States, I could not go any farther. The disease was, had taken hold of me. I'd lost incredible weight. I was jaundiced. And I found myself, thankfully, but pitifully, in a hospital on the outskirts of Athens, Greece. A hospital for indigents with street people, and there I was in a hepatitis ward in a room with six other people who were just as yellow as I was, and it was rather frightening. And through a Rotary Exchange student that had been in the United States and was a friend of a Peace Corps volunteer, this young lady was now back in her home in Athens, Greece, and I had her, t- I had her contact number. She was able to get in touch with my parents. My parents were able to find where I was, and, and they were able to help me get home. And my dad could have written a check. He could have orchestrated a ticket. He could have, you know, had, had people come around me to, to find a way to, to get me home. But you know what my dad did? Within 24 hours, he got on a plane. And he flew to Athens, Greece. And he came to my bedside. And he ministered me back to health. And got me back home. You've got examples in your life. Where you present Where your body is present is so incredibly important. And we are to present, make our bodies present to God as what? A living sacrifice. And what Paul is hearkening back to here is this idea of the Old Testament sacrifice where where Jews were called to the temple to make their sacrifices to God. And what were those sacrifices? Well, it might have been a lamb, it might have been a goat, it might have been a dove, it might have been the, 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 the products of, of a harvest. And what was it that the Jews brought to God to sacrifice to God? The crippled, the lame, the dying, the diminished, the, the, the leftovers? No, it was the best of the flock. The most healthy. The lamb looking for the one without spot or blemish is the one that they brought to give to God. It wasn't the leftover of the harvest. It was the first fruits of the harvest. They brought their sacrifices to present them to God the absolute very best. And if we are to bring our living bodies, our physical bodies, our whole selves to God as a living sacrifice, what is it that we are bringing to God? Is it our best, Lord? You gave me this body, and well, I've kind of abused it and, and not taken care of it, and I, you know, I, I, haven't, I haven't lived a moral and upright life. But I, you know, here, here, just here, it is. Or are we giving our best? And this is not just a, 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 a an offering of appearance. I mean, we come to church part of part of the reason that we dress up. I think in this, we have this this old heritage of of wearing your Sunday best. Is, is to say, I'm giving my best to God. And you know, I kind of like the fact that, that we dress up to come to church. It's not mandatory, because it's not really what you're wearing that, that really God cares about, but it's a way that we remind ourselves, I'm bringing my best to God. Now, God really looks at the heart. But are we dressing up in a costume, pretending we're bringing our best, like a Disney character to God, when we're rotting on the inside? Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. You see, because what we do with our bodies matters. What we consume, what we watch, what we listen to, what we do or allow to be done to our bodies matters to God. In the TV 14 version of the text from from 1 Corinthians that was our first lesson this morning, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, and 20. That say, Do you not know that your body is the temple for the Holy Spirit? That you have been bought with a price? therefore, there, You are not your own. Therefore, glorify God in your body. But just before those verses that we read this morning, Paul says, If your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, why do you go and unite with a prostitute? Why do you go and commit adulterous and immoral acts with your body? Do you not know that you cannot separate your body from your spirit, and you are desecrating the temple where the Holy Spirit resides? So, what we do with our bodies matters, and we need to talk about that. We need we need to say this more clearly and demand of ourselves more highly excellence and purity and morality. Sound like I'm preaching. Today's Scout Sunday. I'm so glad these scouts are here. Just a moment. Bud, are you coming up? Bud Papke is coming up. It's Troop 24, First Presbyterian Church. He's going to bring one, two scouts with you. One scout with him. They're probably going to uh, ask ask those scouts among us to either recite the, the, the scout law and the scout oath. The scout law is that A scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, reverent. And then the scout oath, on my honor. I will do my best to do my duty to God and my country and to obey the scout law, to help other people at all times, to keep myself, say it with me gentlemen, physically strong, mentally awake, morally straight and I think it's a travesty what's happening with the scouts and the potential of changing the way that they think of this oath and what it means for these young men that we have in our care now I have gone to preaching no I've gone to meddling It matters what we do with our bodies. God wants our best. So it is my body that we're talking about that is to be sanctified. Yes, we are justified. We are made right in our relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ, His Son. We are justified and made right in God's eyes, and we are being sanctified. That means that we are being led through a process by the grace and the power of God's Holy Spirit at work in our lives. We are being changed and transformed day by day more and more into the likeness of Jesus Himself. Physically, spiritually, mentally transformed. It's not something that we do in our own power, but it's something that we avail ourselves to God to do we are being sanctified in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 23 and 24 Paul writes this he says may God himself the peace of God sanctify you through and through may your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our lord Jesus Christ the One who calls you is faithful and He will do this. It's God's Spirit that is sanctifying us in our bodies and where we put our bodies is important. It's, it's a week of, of a global mission conference and I want to urge you, I want to plead with you, I want to admonish you and encourage you to invest in the global mission conference by being present. Present yourself at one of these events during the week and come next Sunday to hear Rob Weingartner from the Presbyterian Foundation tell us and inspire us about what God's Spirit and God's people are doing in the world for the Gospel of Jesus Christ and how we are and can be involved in that. My body for the body because it's not just for ourselves we are part of the body and when we say the body we are talking about the church. And Paul goes on in, in, in Romans 12 to talk about the fact that we are, a, we are a body of believers. In 1 Corinthians 12, he talks about the body has many parts, but you are one body. And some of the eyes, some of the hands, some of the feet, some of the ears, some of the brains. But we present our bodies and give our bodies over to something larger than ourselves of which we are a part. And that is God's body in the world to be about going and telling and tending and showing and teaching and forgiving and loving and rejoicing and what it is that God is doing in the world. And you know, that doesn't mean that we have to go to Syria. It doesn't mean that we have to go to Bangladesh. It doesn't mean that we have to go to Kenya. Because we now know that one of the most fertile mission fields in the entire planet is right here in our own country, right here in our own community. And so the Spirit of God is calling us as the body of Christ to go and be the hands and the feet of Christ just right outside of these walls. My body for the body. God's mission in the world. Just this past week we were... um, Jones and I were down at uh, a fellowship of presbyterians gathering also meeting with the evangelical covenant order of presbyterians a new denomination. It was an inspiring gathering of worship and learning and fellowship and encouragement among presbyterians from all over the country. I'm sure there were over 2000 of us that gathered. And and there was a worship leader that 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 would would they were singing and playing a wonderful uh Musical group that led our worship, and there would be particular points in time in the song where this where this man who was leading us he would say, "Let me hear you, church. Rise up, church. Sing out, church." He he wasn't talking about First Presbyterian. He was saying you these people here. He was reminding us of the body of which we are a part, the church. Jesus Christ in the world my body for the body because of his body and whose body is that that we're talking about Jesus Christ it is so significant that 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 our, our Christian theology has within it the doctrine of the incarnation that means that God became flesh now you have seen the 2nd century of the church, the Gnostics tried, tried the 2nd and 3rd century, the Gnostics tried to say, well, Jesus was the Son of God, yes. But Jesus didn't really become a human. That was just kind of a hocus-pocus thing. It, it was just an illusion. Because the Son of God would not actually in, in, in inhabit filthy flesh. And so this heresy began to infect the church. And in the New Testament we see in the writings of Paul and others combating this heresy. The creed that we are going to say in just a few moments, the Apostles' Creed, was to combat the heresy of Gnosticism. That Jesus was not really a a human being in flesh and fully God at the same time. But that's what we believe, this incredible mystery that Jesus was fully human and fully God. And listen to the words that we say that we believe. Conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, dead, buried, rose. And all of these things happened to Jesus, fully human, fully divine, in His body. And the other thing that we say in the Apostles' Creed that we believe, I believe in the forgiveness of sins and the resurrection of the body. He bore in His body on the cross all of our sins. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by His stripes we are healed. It is about His body, crucified, dead, Buried and risen. That we respond by presenting our bodies for the body. Amen? We take that good news to the world. Do you remember the sermon in those nine words? Will you say it with me? My body for the body because of His body. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Let us respond to the Word by saying what it is we believe using this great creed of the church. Christian, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. and the life everlasting. Amen.
2: Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, we thank you for all the good good gifts received as blessings according to your providence. We give thanks for the earth, our home, for the evidences of your love in the faces of those who love us, for gestures of grace and hope and joy. And we ask you, loving God, to allow us to be stewards of such love and creativity in our vocations and our daily lives. In the light of your love, we pray for the world and gather our dreams around your dream of peace. May justice flow like a river and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. We pray this morning for children everywhere, for their health, happiness, and safety, and in special and particular ways for children who are at risk. We pray for enough food in their bellies, enough resources for their learning, enough toys for their playing, enough love for their living. We pray for teachers and parents and all those whose task it is to tend to this most precious gift. We pray for all those facing illness this day of body, mind, and spirit, for those facing addiction, for those facing cancer, for those facing depression, for those facing a troubled relationship, for those facing a crisis in career, for those facing doubt. Help us to reach out with the healing touch of the great physician whose ministry it is to meet us in our hurting places and whose own journey enables us to journey in strength and wholeness. Pray this morning for a church of integrity and hospitality, a church that worships rightly and serves courageously, teaches creatively, and gathers extravagantly. We pray for all those who labor in the church, elsewhere, and in this congregation, that their labors may be thank offerings to you. May all of our work be praised, gracious God, as you grant us wisdom and courage for the facing of this hour and for the facing of every new day Amen. I'd like to welcome those of you who are worshiping with us this morning here in the sanctuary or via television or online. Those in the sanctuary, I invite you to sign the friendship pads that are located at the end of the aisles and pass those along to those seated next to you. While you do that, I'd like to highlight just a few quick announcements. The VIP program, the Valley Interfaith Program, is coming to our church. We'll be hosting them here February 10th through 17th. It's a program that serves homeless families as they are transitioning trying to find housing and employment Encourage you to um, be a part of that ministry and volunteer in our church. The rest of the announcements are, we have lots of events going on in the church, and we have many events and announcements in the bulletin, in our newsletter that has been recently published, on our website and on our Facebook page, so we invite you to look in those places for more announcements and happenings in the life of this church. This morning we do have a special announcement, which is also a minute for mission, on the Global Missions Conference, and I'd like to invite Collier Trotter up here to make an announcement regarding that event this week.
3: Good
4: morning. I'm here to reiterate once again on the Global Missions Conference. Uh, wonderful sermon about it, by the way. Thank you. Um, of course, this year we're fit for mission tending the mind, body, and spirit. Uh, we have everything from board games to Tai Chi. It's uh, quite a array of everything that's possible. Uh, accompanying those activities, we're going to have three terrific speakers that will absolutely be the highlight of the whole weekend and You'll get to hear one of those on Sunday. Um, there's a list of activities and events in your bulletin and the registration as well. Uh, you can also find that on columbusfpc.org and for the sign-up cards and a list of events. There was a little confusion about the tracks. Uh, you can sign up for a track for the Saturday night event and there's also an extra track. You can do that uh, Saturday morning, biking, jogging, etc. Down. At the Riverwalk. Um, the sign-up is due tomorrow, so please get all your uh, sign-up and uh, money in for the Saturday night event, and I repeat, the uh, sign-up is tomorrow. So I encourage everyone to sign up, and please be a part in our, uh, our uh, fitness and fellowship. Thank you.
2: This morning is also Scout Sunday. I'd like to invite Bud Papke. Thanks, Jersey.
3: Good morning. Good morning. I've never been to London, England, uh, so I have never experienced the weather there. When I was a law enforcement officer, I used to wear a trench coat, and the label said London Fog. So it might give you an idea of what the weather is like sometimes there. And in 2009, when an American by the name of William Boyce went to London, he got caught up in that fog. He was on his way to a business appointment, and he was lost in the fog, couldn't move. All of a sudden, out of the fog, a young man appeared. He said, sir, can I be of service to you? Yes, you may. I'm trying to get to such and such, and he told him where he wanted to go and how to how uh, he had to get there by a certain time. And the boy said, I'll be glad to be of service. I'll take you there. I know right where that is. And he took him there through the fog. When he got there, Mr. Boyce pulled out his wallet and said, here's something for your trouble. And the boy said, no, sir, I'm a Boy Scout. And Boy Scouts are not allowed to accept money or pay for doing a good turn. Boyce was surprised. A Boy Scout? What's a Boy Scout? A good turn? What's a good turn? The boy proceeded to give him a short report on this new movement started by a British general. And he told him where to find the British general, how he could find out more about this organization. And then he disappeared into the fog. Mr. Boyce never knew his name. He found Baden-Powell, found out about the program, and brought it back to the United States. And the very next year, with the help of other youth leaders of our nation at that time, they formed the Boy Scouts of America, now 103 years old. That little good turn or good deed that was done by that unknown scout, and he had a monument put up in his honor in England after that by the Boy Scouts of America. That one deed was a demonstration of what part of scouting is. It's a service organization. And Boy Scout Troop 24, don't have many of the boys here today. We have a troop of about 15 boys right now. But we provide service to our community, as other Boy Scout troops do as well. And our boys are taught to serve individually because you're supposed to be a servant if you're a Boy Scout. We do projects sometimes here at the church. Some, sometimes they're small projects. Sometimes they're big projects. We also do service projects as Eagle candidates. And uh, we have one of our Eagle Scouts with us today. This is our 61st Eagle Scout in Troop 24 since 1983. Would you give him a hand, please? Austin is a good, good student, Austin Sellers. He's a good student. He's also a thespian. He likes to act on the stage. Are you acting now, Austin? <laughs> but uh, these boys are doing projects for our community, so they're service. His project was to refurbish and uh, improve and mark a trail in the Callaway Woods uh, housing development for the homeowners association there. What's kind of neat about his project is it goes beyond just working on a walking trail for the community. It used to be the walking trail for the Boy Scouts of America when that property belonged to the Boy Scouts here. Uh, For 70 years, boys walked that same trail. And Austin has marked it part of the trail, uh, showing the history of the Boy Scouts of America there as well, but also serving that community. Please pray for the Boy Scouts of America. We are having some troubled times right now, and we need your help. America needs an organization with the principles and the ideals of the Boy Scouts of America. And we don't need to be changing to suit society. So I wish that you would pray to ask God to help us to help America. Thank you very much.
2: Let us now continue to worship God through the presentation of our tithes and our offerings. Gracious and loving God, we are grateful for the blessings you provide for us. May our offerings this morning be pleasing in your sight. May they bring your peace, your hope, your compassion, and your love to those in our congregation, our town, and around the world who need your light. In your son's name we pray. Amen.
0: children of God, brothers and sisters in Christ, it is because of His beautiful body, crucified, dead, buried, and risen, that we present our bodies back to Him. And so, people of God, go now and be the body of Christ in the world And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, go with you and be with you and abide with you and all God's children everywhere, today and forevermore. Amen.